So I don't often put this word in front of entrepreneur or business owner or author, but Michael Cirillo is a peaceful, peaceful, humble alpha entrepreneur, right? Humble alpha, if you don't know what that means, Michael Cirillo is one of my co-hosts for the Unleash Your Humble Alpha book club, 12 o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time every single week in Clubhouse. So we would love to have you join us there. But first off, you have to stay tuned because he has taken his personal experience of bootstrapping a business and he has scaled it to a successful marketing technology company that serves so many to help accelerate their growth, their impact ultimately. And he's an author of an incredible book that I totally want you to get your hands on as well. You can find him on Clubhouse, occasionally Instagram and LinkedIn always. But right now you're going to find him on the Fit and Faith podcast. And I'm so grateful to have had him on here, not only for our developing friendship, but to be able to serve you guys in a really beautiful, peaceful way. Enjoy Michael Cirillo. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says, for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. What? I cannot with that music. I'm like, you need this intro music when you walk into a room. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That goes to kudos to Morgan, who also just gave me her leftover lunch just a minute ago because I forgot to eat. Um, But that is what happens when you live a life of vibrancy. And Michael, you do that and you example it so well. Um, You inspire me all the time, the way you show up for life and just being really present. And I think that's something that is hard to learn. It's hard to cultivate. So I'm excited to unpack how you've done that in your own life in such a grandiose way, not only as a speaker, not only as a best-selling author, not only as a bootstrap successful entrepreneur, um, but as just a friend. Uh, you do it really well. And I've been honored to get to know you not only through Clubhouse and Breakfast of Champions, but also through the Humble Alpha Book Club, where I really feel like that's been an awesome connect um, and something I didn't know would emerge into what it has emerged into um but it's been a really beautiful friendship so thank you for being you oh my gosh well you're making me blush good we, we need to change <laughs> the lighting in here now so you can't see me blushing i love it uh but no thank you i mean that's uh that's very thoughtful and boy oh boy do we all need a morgan in our lives or what? yeah right i know <laughs> that is totally morgan she does all the color everything that you see it's all momo that's awesome so, You've got those in your life, don't you? Isn't that what you do? <laughs> your yes. marketing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny, especially in the dawn of social media where, uh, you, you know, there's kind of the front individual of the band and they get all the praise and the glory. And I sit here and I'm like, I couldn't do it without my team. Yeah. <laughs> my For team sure. is what I really feel that elevates way. the whole deal. 
Yeah. You're so right. You're so, so right. And I think people forget that a lot. And then they're also afraid to step into that because it is a lot to have to even support a team. So it's a lot to delegate. It's a lot to hire. It's a lot to have all of the back end strings that you have to pull in order to make that happen on a consistent basis. But without it, there's no way that I could show up doing what I'm doing now. She's been there literally since day one. So Momo, all the praise. I think that just speaks to the direction that I I think and I I really hope, I pray that most organizations are going in, which is, you know, kind of the old school of, oh, well, I I don't want to show up and make somebody else rich. You know, that that was kind of the old school. It was like, well, why am I here? I I think organizations today are, are at an advantage if they realize that that team isn't just a warm and fuzzy thing that you say to feel good about yourself and feel Mm -hmm. good about where you work, but that you Mm -hmm. actually realize people have strengths and they're coming from different vantage points with varying levels of wisdom. So we're all here playing a part. And if we do it right, everybody is edified together, right? Everybody's elevated together. So, you know, what's uh, so cool about that too is like, she's an entrepreneur, like mm. she is my team member, but she also is her own entity, right? She's also her own person. Wow. If you can, can you hear that crazy ambulance outside of my office? It sounded like music. That was intense. I wish it was. Um, prayers to wherever it's going and to whoever's driving. But it's this knowing that she is her own person and she's supporting me. Sure. But I equally support her. And that's where real team exists. There's not a front runner. You know, I was at this conference this past weekend and this girl comes up to me and she's like, I'm so grateful to you. I couldn't believe all weekend I was just watching you. And I've never had a conference like speaker actually sit with us. They always like stay in the back and then they come up and then they leave maybe after they get selfies with people or they sign the thing. And I want to get into how you're a best-selling author too, because I am in the process of trying to learn how to do that. Mm. Um, but it, she, she was so shocked. And I'm like, first off, I'm just as called as you. I'm just as qualified and gifted as you. Mm-hmm. And I put my pants on the same way. I potty in the same potty you go to the bathroom in. And yeah. I think people forget that because they see the paparazzi or they see the glam or the glitz or the follower count. And it's no different on Clubhouse. So I'm not worthy of being on stage because those people have a lot. Are you not? Yeah, you actually are. You have a voice and it matters. And I yeah. think... You make way in every example that I've ever seen, any situation I've seen you in, you make way for other people, which is amazing. Oh, well, that's kind. You know, I think it it comes down to the fact that we are all equal. We are all brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that stems from the fact that I just believe we're all children of the same heavenly father. And, And so who am I to judge another when I walk in perfectly? Hmm. You know, and and also to your point, I I love that, you you know, sitting down with the crowd. I love when I, when I go and offer talks, I'm usually sitting in the front row and that stems from a lesson I learned years ago from somebody that I just looked up to so much. Um, You know, it, he, he said it shows how seriously you are taking this Mm. and it, it also demonstrates your willingness to learn. Mm. And I mean, in that regard, whether I'm the one on stage or I'm sitting in the audience, the the thing that we have in common is that we're all perpetual students or at least should be. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I love that you bring that up. I think, you, you know, anything that we can do and, and, you know, it's kind of the same boat. Who who am I to be, you know, uh, sitting next to you? You're the one that gets to go stand on stage. And I just say, listen, I put my socks on one at a time, just like everybody else. I wake up, I ring a bell. My butler comes and draws the curtains <laughs> and then puts my socks on Oh my gosh, me. stop it. <laughs> yeah. but, stop. But, right? It, it kind of paints a, kind of this ridiculous picture of... That's amazing. We all have something going on. And you, you mentioned the media too. Boy, have yeah. I been on a kind of a media kick where the sooner we all realize that the media exists to shape public opinion, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's paparazzi, whether it's following the glamour or the perceived glamour of, you know, the sooner we realize that that's just there to make us feel a certain way, whether it's inadequate, unworthy, inspired, like whatever, mm-hmm. that's why it exists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, and, and those that are, are watching the show or listening, hopefully we're all at a place in life where we realize that 
that's not what brings fulfillment and happiness. In many cases, we've seen it do the opposite. It kind of destroys relationships. It destroys lives. It destroys, you know, so much. I, we, you you know, that TV network TLC. Yeah. How they always do that used to be my initials. BTW before I got married, that used to be my initials. So I really loved TLC. I was like tender, loving care. I was like left eye. Right. And then now I'm a a TV show network. So I I get it, but I love TLA because it's, it's like the history. The TLC used to matter, right? The identity used to precede me. And now my identity with a name doesn't matter. And it's all about being a daughter of the King. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot to my initials. So thank you for bringing that up, but TLC go on. Network. That that's the. I used to joke that that's the network where people go to have their lives ruined because <laughs> you have like the John and Kate plus eight. Oh, we love yes. And then they d- divorce. And then there was the one with the little people, little people, <laughs> big world, and oh, we love this. And we have a farm, and we have, and now we hate each other. Mm-hmm. And it's the stress of. But it's the stress of having cameras in your face all the time and yep. trying to uphold an image and and not creating space. For you to live your preferred experience. Mm, I love that. So, you know, I love that so much because there is the preferred, right? There's the you and I who are willing to get on a mic, who are willing to get on a stage, who are willing to put our face on the front of a book. And then there are the people who make that happen and that we couldn't do it without them. And that they're okay not being in the limelight. So I have you ever done the wealth dynamics test, the personality test? No. Is it it like a disc assessment? It is. It is. Yep. And it it teaches you what your best way to create wealth is and what that looks like and what team members you need to support you in order to create that wealth. And so there are the people who are like the lords and the mechanics and they're like the back end, like tech gurus. There's the schedulers. They're the emailers, the financial people. They're the the, um, creators who make all the things like Morgan does, like you or have your agency doing. Um, There are the stars, which are like likely what you are, I would guess. Um, and it's not like Enneagram. So I'm allowed to guess and not be wrong um, and not feel bad about it when I am. Um, but then, and then I'm missing one, but there um, there's, it's so interesting. I love so many different personality tests, but it's important for us to realize again, back to it all matters. And one day, God willing, we have, you know, live shows, right. That we can go to and have people come on guests like this all the time. And we've got a whole network for ourselves. And, and if I ever have that the importance that I would be giving is having my husband and as a front row. And I got to experience that this week. Um, and it was pretty miraculous to see when the person who's sitting beside you every single day and going to sleep with you every single night. And I know you have an amazing wife of your own when you're in tandem, when you are in support of one another, when there's a congruency and a symbiotic experience with one another, uh, the other things come easier. And if you let something like paparazzi or a title precede your relationship, it will destroy it. And, you know, a part of my story that I've never even shared and, um, And that matters to me so much because of that. Um, And I won't share it here now, but it's this knowing that there is always a backstory, even in those TLC glam moments, even in that paparazzi, even when someone's getting their socks put on them or they're putting on their socks, right? There's always a backstory. And that's the story that honestly, ultimately matters. It's what we're called into sharing. It's the testimony um, that God has shaped us for. And so I'm curious about you. I had that question at the beginning and I want to circle back to it. How how are you so present? And did you ever live a time in your life when you weren't? Yeah. Uh, I, yes. And, and I think to provide even further context to that, I don't, you, you know, I think I'm always iterating. Mm, yeah. Right? Always becoming. So, always becoming. Always becoming. Yeah. I, I love the word become, becoming, because that really is, you know, to me, how it all, you know, Am I present? I, I don't know. Like, am I mm. always present? I uh, I don't know. But do I want to be? Do I have that willingness? Am I here with you right now? Not concerned about anything else? Yes. Is it always that way? Maybe not. Mm. Um, so, so I don't want people to think that I'm like, you know, ha- have it all figured out or perfect in that regard. But how do I get to the point I'm I'm at now? I think it ties into what you were just saying about backstory. Um, you know, I'm not one of these individuals. And by the way, no shame and no judgment towards any of them that have these grand stories of homelessness or living in a car or 
you know, experiencing com like I don't have anything like that. I grew up in an amazing household, two loving parents, um, taught us well, both immigrants, European immigrants, for first generation Canadian. I'm in Canada. Cool. Um, you, you know, son of an entrepreneur. Um, um, it's it's like in our DNA in our family, but we you know we were raised to kind of have a fight in us. If you want something, go for it. Put in the effort. Work hard. Um, so I was raised in a, in a fantastic environment, a very nurturing, loving environment. For whatever reason, in my early twenties, fell into a deep, dark, suicidal depression. Hated life. Hated people. Hate. Turned my back on God. Turned my back on everything I knew was providing nourishment to my life, essentially. Just fell into this deep, dark hole. And it was also just before this experience that I met my now wife and we started dating. We actually were engaged. And I often look back and I think, why did this woman ever, she could have thrown the ring back at me so many times. How, why, what, what's going on? Why did she stick with me? Now, in hindsight, we look back, having overcome that experience together, married now 13 going on 14 years. We've been together 16, 17 years. Looking back on that experience, I have a burning testimony that God can make weaknesses strong. He can turn weaknesses into strength. Why? Because I really firmly believe, looking back, that because my wife and I had to figure something out before we even got married, it has provided a backbone and a strength to our relationship where, you know, she often says, I love our boring life. Now, it's not that our life is boring. It's stable. It's secure. We learned how to, you know, resolve conflict. We learned how to deal with one another when one of us is really extremely low. We learn to communicate all of these things that I think create a recipe for, um, you know, who I am today, but also going through that experience uh, and overcoming only the Lord knows why. Okay. I, I don't know why yet I came out of it with an insatiable desire to lift others. It heightened my sensitivity for others Almost to the point where, you know, I remember one occasion where I was the keynote speaker at an event in Denmark. They had flown me all the way to Denmark. I thought I was there. It was their annual marketing conference, Tamara. I thought I was, I had all the thoughts in my head about how to marketing and relationship selling, all this kind of stuff. I walked into that room. There were, you know, maybe five, 600 people in the room. And immediately I, I thought somebody, there's there's people in here that are depressed that don't know why they're here that don't know why they showed up that don't you can just feel it it's hard to explain but your sensitivity to that energy on a dime i walked onto mm-hmm. stage thinking i don't know what i'm going to talk about but it ain't marketing and God, I, I, just, I just had this experience this is so good <laughs> that we're having this conversation okay so you get it totally. you, you know i i just i just delivered and honestly, I don't even remember what I talked about, but I know I didn't talk about marketing. <laughs> yeah. And my wife was, I brought my wife with me. By the way, we have this arrangement where she says, I married an entrepreneur. If you get asked to speak or go travel somewhere cool, I also I am come. Always. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Always I, and love forever, that. I am your plus one. So we're in Denmark together. <laughs> oh my gosh. I see her sitting in the back of the room and she's like, oh my gosh, he is not talking about <laughs> what they hired him to talk about. <laughs> Uh, and so, of course, my heart flutters a little bit as I contemplate what the conversation is going to look like after I get off the stage. The event, uh, the event organizers came up to me and said, that was not what we expected. It was even better. We mm. so needed that. We so needed that. And so to your question about being present, I think, you know, I don't know if I'm consciously saying, okay, I have this appointment with Tamara. I'm going to be extremely present. I think it's more about just understanding that someone somewhere somehow may or may not hear something that we talk about today 
that will alter the trajectory of their life in a positive way, hopefully a positive way. And for that, I will drop everything every single time. That is incredible and totally why you're a humble alpha, (laughs) by the way. So good. Um, The thing that you said at the very beginning as you were sharing that, and it's so, you don't even know the parallel to the story you just shared to my life as of literally yesterday. Um, So this is so cool. God is so good. But it's this knowing that you said, I don't know if I always, and my husband and I always (laughs) talk about how utilizing the word always and never can be really harmful. And we try to teach this to our children. She always takes my toys. Right. Does she always? Or is she like the most giving little sister and she'd give you anything? Right. Does she never help you? She never helps me. Does she never? Are you sure? So that's just in children, sibling rivalry. But think about your relationship with your spouse. Maybe even think about that team member that we talked about earlier. Do they never do the thing that they ask? Do they never show up for you? Right. Because I'm pretty sure they've done it time and time again, or they wouldn't be in your life. Or if they are still in your life, they shouldn't be. And then we can talk about boundaries and safe people, but we're not talking about that. So I love that you said that even without knowing that exact commonality in our relationship or our knowledge base of it's not always, and it's not never, it's somewhere in between. And that becoming process, that iteration of our best selves, of our humble alpha, ultimately, as Stephen Kuhn and Lane Ballone would say, we love you guys, is this knowing that we have a choice in being that version of ourselves or the version of what was or the version that somebody else or the enemy would like us to be. Yeah. And so I'm loving that you had that experience. And I just had that experience when I was in Colorado with the social media show, Ashley Faye, have you connected Mm -hmm. with them? And they were at the embrace your ambition conference. And it was the first time that I ever brought my husband to one of those things. Um, And it was the first of many because it was amazing to have that experience, to have him there. And everything that I had prepared, God completely wrecked. Even the vision that I had that I was like, God, this is what it's going to look like. He's like, no, it's not. It's going to look like this. And I showed up in prayer that morning and the wee hours of the morning. I basically was up for 24 hours and I just prayed. I was like, God, like, just let me be a vessel. I don't want to stumble over my words. I don't want to have to look at my screen the entire time and my notes. I don't want to not meet the person that is needing to meet me. I want to be in the same bathroom with them. I want to sit in the same row as them. And I just want to be really present. And so many things transpired. And so many things will continue to transpire in your life when you say yes and you surrender to what your plan looks like, to what God's plan is. All right, quick pause. I love that you're tuning into this show. Really, your shares, your subscribes and reviews, even your listens mean a ton to me personally and honestly to all of us who put these shows out weekly for your listening pleasure. But are you ready? I think it's time that I put you in the hot seat for a question. If you're resonating with all of these multi-passionate, God-loving success stories, then I bet you have one of your own. Maybe you're even in the midst of that comeback. Regardless, there is a deeper message inside of you. I am sure of it. It's your why factor for living life. So here's the question. Why not turn that mess into a message by starting a podcast of your very own? It's time for you to amplify. And since I've been podcasting for a couple years now and I've trained dozens of shows into launch, I've also hit top of the charts across the globe. Why would you want to learn from anybody else? I'm also pretty fun. And so is my team. And we've put together this e-course. And don't stop here. Don't fast forward. Hold up. I know you're thinking e-course, me course. Everybody's got a course. But this one is truly as good as it gets. I give you behind the scenes, step by steps. My team is screen sharing exactly what they do post-processing. There are 
video modules and a workbook. Plus, we offer direct group coaching with us. No videos, us live in action. Let's create that human-to-human connection. So really, there's nothing like it. I would encourage you to go check out TamaraAndress.com and check out the course tab. Once you get there, there's even a free mini course option if you want to see the behind the scenes and not really take my word for it. So you should take my word for it. You're here listening to me right now. So I appreciate you. We love you. We encourage you. But girl, boy, man, woman, father, dog, whatever. (laughs) It's time for you to amplify. All right. Now let's get back to the show. Michael Huey says um, that do you want to live in his permissible will or do you want to live in his perfect will? Mm. And I want to live in his perfect will. And I don't always get it right. Right. That's the hard part. Yeah. You, you know, what's interesting about that, you use the word vessel, right? We know the Bible uses terminology like vessel or instrument, being an instrument in the hands of the Lord. Well, I, I think about that in, in conjunction with what you just said. Um, you know, I think of a, of a pilot. I have a nephew who just got his pilot's license. And so we've heard about instrumentation and the purpose. Awesome. And, and you think about the parallel. What does it mean to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord? You know, if I if I if I create a parallel, and by the way, I am not a pilot, but boy, did I think I was going to be Maverick from Top Gun until I was at least eighteen. <laughs> I, I dated I Goose. I actually yeah. dated Goose. That's what everybody called my boyfriend in high school. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Goose is just so, as cool as Maverick. <laughs> you think about the purpose of the instruments of an aircraft. They are to provide you with guidance so that you can ultimately arrive at your desired destination. And so you rely on those instruments. Now, if we if we create that parallel to us as brothers and sisters, as a human family, as children of God, and the parallel of being instruments in the hand of the Lord, that really gives context into the idea that you and I and all of us ought to be a guide for who people can look at for remission of their sins. So so think about that. I am not the, the one that provides remission of sins, but hopefully by knowing me, you can see the direction you should be going. You should be looking. Hopefully we are conduits to the Savior. And, and so in that context, are we all equal? Yes, because we can all do that for one another. We can all point people to goodness, right? We can all point people in the direction of he who understands us perfectly. Yeah. And and so are we going to be perfect at it? No, but boy, oh boy, am I glad he died for us. That that one catch-all, that one catch-all for when we are not living up to our potential. That's kind of the brilliant thing, you know, when I was, when I was depressed, Growing up in a Christian household and and going to church regularly and and being you know very familiar with church going culture and things of that nature, my depression triggered immense feelings of unworthiness. That's how it hit me. You're going to hell, Cirillo. There is no hope for you. God does not love you anymore. That's how I felt. I felt doomed. I remember talking to my dad and I would say, dad, have you ever felt like you're going to, I feel like I'm going to hell. There's no hope for me. The most minuscule of mistakes would send me into a downward spiral so deep that I got to, I got to a point where I didn't even feel like I was in my, I was experienced, experiencing life through the third person almost. Like I'm here, but I don't feel like I'm here. This is, I feel like I'm in a dream. This is a nightmare. The opposite of present. Like I just called you so wild. So wild. See, he uses your weaknesses. Mm. Keep going. Keep going. So that's how it, that's how it triggered me. You know, those feelings of unworthiness. But I think the brilliance of what you said and what Michael Huey says that I realize now is that if, which he is, but let's just say if God is perfect and created a perfect plan, then that means he also 
perfectly accounted for our weakness, which is why he provided a savior who came to atone for not just our sins, for our inadequacies, our feelings of unworthiness, doubt, imposter syndrome, can't figure out how to do math. I hate math. I'm no good at science. It covers it all because the Bible teaches us that it's an infinite atoning sacrifice. It covers everything. And so the beauty of that, Tamara, what I realize now is that Father in Heaven sees us at our highest potential always. In the same way, in a very finite sense, I see my children not as just who they are now, but the potential. I see so much potential in what they can be and become, how they can surpass me and be better. You know, yesterday we were out in the backyard and my son, Dallin, was throwing a football. I've never seen the kid throw a football. Like, the dude's got an arm. He was throwing spirals with a, I can't throw a spiral. He, <laughs> his awesome. form, like the way his arm was, I was, I looked at my You're wife. Like, I, I birthed said, the prodigy. <laughs> yes. I looked at my wife and I said, this kid's going to be a quarter, could, could be a quarterback. And she goes, yeah, he, she, he got the sports genes from me, which is true. Uh, us Cirillos, oh, we're musicians, we're artists, we're entrepreneurs. The, oh, the sports awesome. author. My point in saying that is, I saw potential. I saw potential in the same way that I believe Heavenly Father looks at us and doesn't go, to your point, he's always screwing up. He doesn't, he doesn't, no, so he doesn't good. deal in absolutes. So good. He, he, he says, there's potential there. Mm. Let's keep. Let's keep putting people and circumstances in his or her path that will continue. Let, let's just see. How, where does that potential go? He already knows. He sees the end from the beginning. But when you look back, you go, oh, the reason I had that conversation today, the reason I met that person, the reason I got in that fender bender, the reason that you know I got cut off in traffic. I don't believe in coincidence, Tamara. I believe in divine design. And so in, under that context, under that umbrella, you know, I just think if we could have faith uh, that heaven sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, it allows us to navigate this mortal experience in a way that is a little bit more calm, a little bit more <laughs> strategic, a little bit more gentle, um, a little bit more tender. Mm. Especially not just to ourselves, showing grace to ourselves, but grace for those uh, that are here, hopefully living their preferred experience as well. Mm. That is incredible. I definitely got emotional. If you're not watching this live, he almost got me where I, you wouldn't be able to understand my words. <laughs> so good. And so critical for us because it feels like just in that understanding, just in that vision, that as you showed me, like the look through your eyes and I, I witnessed in that moment as you did it, because God speaks to me in vision, him looking down on his children, just like you were looking down on your son in that moment in that potential place feels like the enemy strategy, which is the ultimate enemy strategy in every single situation, including depression, including anxiety, including suicidal thoughts or destruction of marriage or any of those things. It's based in shame that he sees us. He loves us. He wants what's best for us. And he already planned for the outcome to be better to be used as a strategy for us to serve and show up as the best version of ourselves in line with who he planned for us to be. And so there's no shame in that. Instead, it's actually quite empowering. It's saying, whoa, I have a tool that that person needs and let me get it off my tool belt and dust it off and hand it over to them so they too can live in that perfect will. So they too can choose today to be more present. So that they can unlock this shame placed point of depression. That's 
unbelievable. I hadn't actually ever thought of it that way. And even though I've spent a long time, half a decade, in fact, releasing shame, that's what brought me to tears is because I've never been said it in that way. So thank you. I want to know, is all of this greatness in your book or is your book about marketing? Tell me. <laughs> my book's about marketing. Ah, no. Yeah, my, my, my book is about marketing. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. I have felt the desire to write a more personal uh, book, but also have decided that I would hold off until I really felt that burning desire. You know, like a lot of people talk about how they, they feel inspired by the Holy Spirit or whatever. For me, I've learned in my life that it comes when my heart beats so hard and my ears get warm. Like, I can't explain it. I'm just like, that's I'm awesome. Fe- I feel I f- I'm feeling moved upon right now. Yeah. I'm feeling inspired to. St- and so I know it's it's going to happen, um, but the space is not yet, mm. and and I don't know why. Maybe there's a circumstance, you, you know. I, and I'm not one of these individuals that just pumps out books every three. Like, there's not going to be a Michael Cirillo <laughs> chicken soup for the soul <laughs> series. Uh, I don't aspire to that, but yeah. I, I, there, there is something there. Now, what's interesting about it is that when I did s- start writing the marketing book. It was actually going to be about overcoming mental health. Not a medical book. Just here's my journey. More, more like how to show yourself a little more self grace. Huh. How to how to be. And then all of a sudden, at the last minute, I just felt no, not yet, hmm. not yet. Perhaps who who knows? Perhaps I need more parenting. Uh, you know, experience. Perhaps I need more life. Ex- I, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't want to write a book for the sake of writing a book. Um, the message is in there. It gets clearer by the day. By the way, you, you put up the uh, the dealer playbook graphic in the beginning that yeah, yeah, put yeah. together. And and a lot of people ask me, why in the top left does it say CMG with a, with a flame? Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's two things to that. It's Cirillo Marketing Group, but it's also Clear Message Group. Ooh, I love and, that. And the flame comes from Matthew, hiding your light under a bushel, right? Versus wow. setting it on the hill. Wow. I just believe that we can be a beacon of hope and and we can be a beacon of glad tidings and we can be... Um, you know, we can be stewards. If you look up the, the term stewardship or being a steward, it has such a different meaning than perhaps just being a leader. Not just being a leader, but being a leader or being, um, you know, it, like stewardship really, to me, it's, it's kind of that that visual in the Bible of the hen taking her chicks under her wing. There's a There's kind of this form of, protection, responsibility. Um, and so that that's what that stands for. And, and so until I feel clear on the message I want to share, the, the book is just going to stay somewhere in my head and my heart. <laughs> so interestingly, this is so powerful. And I think it's a, it's a message for authors and people in general, because I think everybody has a story. And whether it comes out in written format or spoken format or just the way you live your life in, in example as a steward, um, it's different. But I, I speak to a lot of authors. I help a lot of authors. I um, learn from a lot of authors like yourself. And one of the things that I was sharing this morning with my my group and my community is that it took me three years to write my book. And my book is about my story, but it's also a lot of additional pieces of, of learning for yourself um, based on that. And I, too, love business. And so I know that I'll have some business books. I'm actually co-authoring one right now. But the the Fit and Faith journey this idea of what even this podcast was originally deposited as that sensation of, I have to write this thing. He's calling me right now. I left within seven days of getting that deposit and that download. And I wrote 175 pages out the gate and it came like fire. Like I had 
didn't even think it just came out of me. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to write a book. It's going to be published by the end of the year. And we're still three years in you guys. And it's this recognition that I have only gone on five writing retreats. I'm one of those people. I can't write like a paragraph a day or sit down for an hour and write. I have to be fully immersed because when you write your story, you write your passions and you write everything in between, you have to give your all. You have to be fully present really, really present. I was a wreck every single time I went on one of those retreats. I came back looking more tired than when I left <laughs> and not really feeling like this is this is good. This is really good, but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know when this is ever going to be finished. Every chapter felt like it was being like dragged out of me. Right. I was weeping. And this last time I went in, uh, I think it was February, And it was the first time that I only had two chapters left. I wrote those chapters and it was the very first time that I read front to back of my book. Because you also are probably told that you don't edit as you go. You just get it all out there and then worry about the editing next. Because what you do in the raw is generally better than what you critique. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the first time I read it, first time in three years, I didn't weep. I turned that last page of the book and... I heard definitely, I heard now's the time. Mm. And I released the book to the editor. And I know as it's in the editing process right now that if not one person reads it, that's not the goal. The goal is bestseller, right? But if not one person reads it, I now get to live from a scar rather than a wound. Mm. And it was a part of my healing journey. Yeah. And so I encourage people to write and I don't journal on a daily basis, but if you have a a story, start writing it down because one day you're going to turn the page and you're going to realize that's what it was for. And I get to serve from a place of that last chapter every single day. And so um, I encourage you, I want to see it. I want to read it. People need to know it. But it's got to, like you said, be in God's timing. It might be 30 years from now. It might be yeah. three days from now. Yeah. So I hope that that meets you somehow, some it, way. It does. It does. And you know what I love about what you just shared is this concept of time uh, and how it ties back to living, choosing, and or creating our preferred experience in life. See, I don't get to choose time. I, I, I might only be here for three more dollars. Like, I don't know. And so because none of us get to choose time, but that means that what's left is that we get to choose the preferred experience inside of the time that we have. And what I think is so powerful is, you know, it makes me think of one of my favorite, you know, kind of visuals from the Bible is the the parable of the lost sheep. Uh, I, you know, just this visual of who, who among you would not leave the 90 and nine and go off into the wilderness to find the one. And when you find it, you lay it upon your shoulders and return it to the fold rejoicing. Well, in, in your experience, I love two things. First, we know that your story will have an impact on people on others But in so doing, I think oftentimes when we have a desire to serve, we forget about ourselves, that perhaps we are the sheep that needs Mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. And and so I feel that way about pretty much any output of mine. When I started my podcast seven years ago – you're like a real OG BTW. That's like OG status, y'all. If you've if seven years for podcasting, because now like everyone has a podcast, but that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and and by the way, um, the the podcast, the Dealer Playbook, started seven years ago. Nobody saw the iterations before that, <laughs> which actually started in 2012. Wow, that's amazing. Well, and, and I'll have to show. I want to see. I show you the cover artwork. It's hilarious um but you know i i felt like when i launched the dealer playbook podcast for my target audience which is primarily uh retail auto dealers um i felt like 
if a hundred people listen to this thing, I will be ecstatic. I had no clue what was going to happen to this thing. I didn't know Gary V was going to be episode 10. I didn't know Dr. Willie Jolly, who at the time had the number one rated Sirius XM motivational show, uh, um, wow. was going to be episode five. I didn't know Grant Cardone was going to be episode 15 and episode 16 because he talked so <laughs> long that we had to split it into two episodes. <laughs> so um, good. I didn't know it was going to explode. And even to this day, after it has exploded and, and, and gotten bigger than I could have ever imagined, my mind still reflects back to what you said. A lot of it I do for me, actually, selfishly, because I love having the conversations with people who probably on a regular basis I wouldn't get to go call up and have lunch with. <laughs> you wouldn't um, be as putting your socks on next yeah, to. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the number of lessons in business and life that I've been able to have on a one-to-one like this has been tremendous. Um, but I'm also so enriched by the one individual who at some point comes out of the woodworks and says, Michael, this changed my career. I've been listening since day one. And we're like seven years into it and they're just reaching out to me. I think about the journey that that individual's on Mm -hmm. and that they may have been in a place, you know, a lot of people, because I'm open about the mental health stuff and and everything. I don't shy away from those topics on on my podcast. And so a lot of people have gotten to know me because of that and and just thanking me for being a voice in that regard. But I, I think about their journey and how it's taken them seven years to gain up the courage to send me a message on LinkedIn telling me, that Gosh. it's impacting. And I go, isn't that the point right there? Mm-hmm. That we are all here together. Though we are on different timelines, we coexist at the same time. And so if that is true, regardless of the timeline or life cycle that each of us are in, each of us has a responsibility to be a shoulder of support and perhaps um, both the what, what's the term uh, be, be an under shepherd christ is our shepherd but we can be under shepherds we can be the ones who are constantly reaching out and perpetuating his message of joy hope peace long suffering um and and hopefully help lift one another in that regard um you know people don't realize that just because we're the ones behind the mic or on camera, how much a, a message from somebody can mean to us. To me, I, I go, man, they're doing a, they're doing more of a service to me than I think they realize. And so, to me, that's that's just uh, I, I love thinking about that. You're so right. You're so right. And it, that's the thing. It goes two ways. It's like it's for the one. That one might be you um, in that moment. But that one also might be that one person that you feel prompted to talk to right now as you're listening to this to say, I should really reach out to that person. Or if somebody's dropped into your spirit, I've been trying really hard to be present enough to take the pause and reach out to them, even if it's just a text or a voice memo. Say, hey, I just saw this thing and it reminded me of you and I just hope you're having an awesome day. And, you know, Glenn, who we got connected through with Breakfast with Champions, he says this as a part of his morning routine, but I don't do it as a part of my morning routine. I do it consistently, Um, not always, but not never. Right. I do it consistently. And it's uh, something that's behind the scenes that people don't see from a forward facing perspective, that they don't see the response that they have or the weeping that they partake in because of that moment being seen or heard or known. But when you do that based on intuition, based on that deposit, there's that massive plan, that strategy that he he knew. Right. God knew that if he dropped this person into your spirit and you reciprocated in response, that person's day and life for seven years would be changed. Mm. And that togetherness, that cohesiveness is how intimate God is with our lives every single day. We might feel like no one's listening. We might feel like no one's showing up. We might get so much ego some days that we think we do put our socks on differently or that the butler is coming to put them on, depending on how high you feel when you get off the stage or how many responses you get in that moment. But there are also moments and days where we're not in the limelight and we forget our worth and we forget our value. 
and depression that we've experienced in the past, me too, by the way, creeps in. And yet we serve a God who sees us. And in that moment, he drops our name in somebody else's spirit. And so I encourage whoever's listening and I encourage you to continue to do it, Michael. I know you're so good at it already, but for us, I'll say, to keep being present enough to follow the God whisper. Because often, just like a sheep, we forget that because they're not really bold, because they're not really loud, that they matter any less or any more than us or them. We're all the same. That's that brotherhood. That's that family. And there's no hierarchical structure here on earth. And I think when it comes to, I'm going to flip the script real quick because I got to get this in selfishly. When it comes to marketing, weird transition, God is good. When it comes to marketing in the same perspective, people see numbers and they see face value and they see really rad intro videos and they belittle themselves and they belittle their businesses and they belittle their calls because there's not as much of a following or as much flashy things. But just like you said with the TLC network, what is flashy is not always what is forever. Mm-hmm. And so in seasons, you see flash and then you see it go away. And I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be that, to be my story. And so I'm curious from a marketing perspective, how do you prepare people for sustainability? How do you prepare them to consistently be present and aligned in their message and not let the things like numbers or flash or paparazzi get to their head? Uh, the first thing is I say, I ask them, are you a fish? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't. But fish follow shiny objects. I totally follow giant objects sometimes. I'm not a fish. I love the ocean. The the point is we're not immune to it. And I think our human nature, especially this day and age, I think, you know, more than ever, we have to deal with this at at the, the velocity at which messaging and promises and glamour get thrown at us. Um, I often joke, even though I'm an online marketer, I, I joke, I kid that the internet has tra- has a keen way of transforming people to an alternate reality where stupidity is the norm. <laughs> That's good and true. Because, and, and I'm just going to mention names because they're very well-known names, but this is not a dig at them, okay? okay. Actually, I have a lot of respect for these individuals. But you see, but, and I'll, I'll try and explain my, where, where I'm coming from here. Um, you see the Billy Jean is marketing. And what does he say? He speaks from today's vantage point. I run ads, I get leads, I grow my business, hundreds of million dollars, blah, 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 blah. Great. What he's not telling you are the, the beginning phase of starting his business. When he didn't know how to write a business plan, when he didn't know how to start a Facebook ad, when he didn't know the right copy and customer psychology and phases of the buyer's journey, Mm -hmm. we only get the today genius version. Hmm. And that has a keen way of either a making us feel incredibly inadequate, therefore positioning him as the person we want to pay Great. Yeah. Totally. Or B, it leads us down a path where we think, well, that it must just be that easy. Yeah. All I got to do is run Facebook ad, get leads, grow business. And then oh. you run Facebook ads, you get crappy leads or no leads, no leads or a ton of eyeballs and you, and you go, this sucks. It doesn't work. I got lied to again. I got scammed again. And or there's other online marketers out there. Now, we're done with Billie Jean. I don't want to attach what I'm about to say. I'm not. I wasn't thinking I, about I it anymore. Okay, great. I just wanted for people watching. We're not. This is not about him anymore. That was just one example. But it's, you know, he's very well known. So I then you have this other online marketer who says, I have figured out how to lasso the sun, the moon and the stars. Pay me seven dollars for this PDF. 
<laughs> so you pay oh the seven dollars for the PDF, and the PDF funnels you to an online webinar that you have to pay forty seven dollars for regular price one ninety seven, two ninety seven, whatever. Then the the, the the webinar is there to position you for the four ninety seven offer. The four ninety seven offer is to position you for the ten ninety nine offer. The ten ninety nine you are down a rabbit hole where you actually didn't get anything. You're not any further ahead, but what you've realized is why didn't they just ask me for five grand to give me everything that I need yeah. right now? Yeah, and so exactly. That, then that makes people skeptical. So <laughs> I bring all of this around to um, this point. You would think I, by the way, people are going to go like, okay, we get it. He loves airplanes. But here's one more airplane analogy. <laughs> A pilot has to do ground school before they ever get into the aircraft. They can't expedite ground school. They must learn everything that needs to be learned. Part of that is learning about the physics of, of flight and the why, you know, the law of lift and, you know, all these sorts of things. Then they sit in the aircraft. Um, then they learn how to get it down the runway, which is usually very bumpy. Then they learn how to get it into the air. And not until they have learned to do all of those things properly can they sustainably fly the plane at 30,000 feet? All of us want to go, oh, ground school? Oh, forget it. I just want to, I want to soar with the, I want to be up in the clouds. How do I get up into the clouds? That's where these online marketers, some of them come in and they say, I figured out a recipe that can teleport you to the clouds. Pay me nine, nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because no, it, it just 100%. appeals to all of our, so, Sustainability for me is first, it's getting real. Hey, you, just getting started? Here's what you really need to consider. Right? Well, how do you know? Because I kept my mouth shut for over a decade while I did it for myself and while I helped others do it. I kept my mouth shut until I had proof. And guess what came from it? I got to build a business that put food on my table, that created a lifestyle. That, you know, so it's so not good. like I didn't lose anything. But yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I grew. I learned. I failed. I failed, <laughs> Tabra. You know what I mean? But that yeah. also created wisdom. That created yeah. experience. Um, so sustainability is getting real. It's getting clear. How do I not flip-flop? Because I have confidence in the path and the course that I've set. Think about this scene for a minute from Alice in Wonderland. Okay. For the children watching. <laughs> you guys, he's talking about pilot school and now Alice in Wonderland. I love it. Go. Think, think about this. Okay. How do you, how do you stay the course? Well, first you have to decide where you want to end up and you have to unapologetically own it. Mm. That's what, that's what I want. That is that's not so what good. I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Think about Alice. Alice arrives at a fork in the road with the tree and who appears the Shet. What is it? Cheshire cat. Yep, cat. Yep. And she goes, help me. I don't know which way to go. And he says, what, where do you want to end up? And she goes anywhere, I guess. And what does he say? Then any path will get you there. I suppose. Mm, I've never picked up on that. Right? So good. Any, any path will get you there if you don't. Yeah. You, you want to go anywhere? Any path will get you there. We do yeah. that too much in business and in marketing. Totally. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. That's the same equivalent. Ooh, I need that software. I need that software. I need that software. Believe it or not, without Clubhouse, without social media, there are still people on this planet who are growing their business at this very moment in time. Think about it in this context. I didn't feel any pressure with Clubhouse once I knew about it because I knew it had actually existed before I had heard about it, and yet my business continued to grow. Hmm. So yeah, it's good. about picking your path. Deciding what is your desired outcome. That's the true definition of success, by the way, if you look yeah. it up in the dictionary, uh, um, a, a desired outcome. Pick your course, stick to it, and then when you see something that's enticing, cross-reference it back to your destination. Will it help get me there 
or could it possibly be a distraction? Um, the last thing I would say to this effect, one of my mentors who who's passed now, but when he was old and frail, uh, this, this man had been a, a captain of industry. He was the CEO at one point of Max Factor Cosmetics and, you know, like he had done a lot of stuff, played football. He was asked in his old age in a wheelchair on his way out. Essentially, he was asked, you know, you've, you've done all these things. How are you? How are you doing now that you're confined to a wheelchair? And, you know, his response was when you can no longer do the things you've always done, you can only do what matters most. Whoa. So my question about sustainability really is this for all who listen or are watching what actually matters most to you do that Hmm. then and only then will you not just experience a business experience you will experience your life experience in in a way that will make you happier more fulfilled and satisfied so that 10 years from now, you don't look back from re- with regrets. 20 years, you don't look back with regrets. You see, I have this vision, and perhaps it's a little bit morbid, but I have this vision of laying on my deathbed surrounded by my family and holding my wife close to me with my kids and grandkids and their you know, da- daughters-in-laws and son-in-law and, and looking at each of them and saying, that was amazing. Don't. Like, I want out, that. I'm out. Wow. I love you. That was amazing. So, so every day, as it ties into being present, as it ties into business, as it ties into spirituality, I, because of what I've experienced and it's put me down a path, I want to go home from the office every day saying, maybe that wasn't amazing, but ultimately it was amazing. Hmm. Right, as I experience the absolute yep. flows, it's the yep. life of an entrepreneur. It's a roller coaster. Always, that's the truth. But you get to the end of the week, and somehow you're like, "That was amazing." That, hey, I see what I see what's happening here. Ten years from now, twenty, thirty, every single time when when you and I are in our seventies and eighties, Tamara, and we're at some retreat on a beach of our choosing somewhere, <laughs> I want to be able to look over and just smile and go, "That was rad." Yeah, like you know what I mean? Like so we good. just got off the best roller coaster. Like, that was amazing. So See, good. roller coasters scare the crap out of me. But when I get off, I'm always like, that, yeah, was, that awesome. was awesome. Right? Yes. Same thing with life. That's what that's yeah. what I, I'm showing up every day going, okay, there's gonna be some slow ups, really slow ups, and there's gonna be some really fast declines. Yep. But then at the end of it, I'm gonna go, that was awesome. I wanna do that again. So good. That's so good. And you're exampling it for everybody else too in the process of your scream, right? The happy scream and the holy smoke scream, right? And and it's the knowing that like it's because of that scream, that yell, that joy and that fear and doing it anyway and sitting there because you're you're strapped in at this point, right? You got somewhere to go, but you chose which roller coaster you're going to ride. Yeah. And that's that's the part of life that's so beautiful and it's already been predestined where you're going to show up even in your choices just like you said at the beginning i love it so much what if it was already perfectly planned and so whatever marketing you use however you decide to show up for your life and you're always or you're never remain sustainable in your belief that you're purposed And you example that every day. And I'm so grateful to have had this time with you and so grateful for you pouring out to our community. And I cannot wait to read your next bestseller. And I hope that everybody turns in, tunes in to the dealer playbook. I can't wait to go back and listen to all of those epic people, including yourself and hear you and what wisdom you lacked seven years ago (laughs) comparative to today, because you are a wise, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. It was. Your gift. Bye, y'all. See you later. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. 
by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fit and faith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.